I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockhart, and I'm so super happy to be here today, and I want to thank you for listening. Y'all know where to find me. Just go to your search bar and type in Moonstone Witchery and see what pops up for you. Um, Specifically, I want to send you, though, to my Witchcraft Academy, where we learn about, talk about, discuss, and generally laugh to our heart's content about all things witchy and spirituality aligned. Um, I'm there live several times a month. We do shadow work in there, and it is a great place to learn all the skills and all the philosophies and all the theories and all the reasons why behind all the witchy things. So join me there. It is $47 a month, but you get so much content and quite honestly you really get a community of like-minded people it is a hella uplifting beautiful space just so you know if you want more info on my academy head over to the website moonstonewitchery.com and you will find a link for it so i am starting brand new season right now i have in front of me a list of probably 40 different podcast topics and The people in the Facebook group, I made a post today asking for ideas of what they'd like to hear about so that I can make sure that I'm meeting your needs, meeting you where you're at when it comes to witchcraft and spirituality conversations. If you want to contribute to that list, head over to the Facebook group, Moonstone Witchery. We have um, 140,000 plus people in there. And my podcast conversation is pinned to the top along with hundreds of others of um, things pinned to the top there. So you might need to scroll for a second, but I'd love to hear from you and find out. Doesn't matter how long it's been since I made that post, whenever you're listening to it, if you have something you'd like to hear me chat about, please go over there and talk to me. Okay, I don't even know what season we're in because (laughs) it could be season three could be season five. Whatever season it is, I'm thrilled to be here and back to recording. I have changed my schedule up a little bit, so this one's gonna stick. There's been a lot of growth and shifting happening behind the scenes of Moonstone Witchery. Um, I will likely talk about that in a future episode, but all these shifts are really positive and have made everything more aligned there's so much ease now um and it's just a beautiful thing 
recently I'm going to share an experience that I had with you and I'm going to talk about something that is um, a conversation topic I brought up in the Witchcraft Academy only because it's been on my mind a little bit and this is a little bit philosophical it's a little bit um Christianity sort of aligned because you know if you know me if you've been here for a minute you're aware that I really like to examine the premise of certain things that we kind of accept as fact and I want to talk about the concept of Lucifer for a second which I know is kind of random but I feel like number one I think Lucifer is like supremely misunderstood um he is a deity that you as a witch can work with that does not make you evil or harmful or bad or wrong and that's one of the things i wanted to chat about because i do think the concept of lucifer has been really um contorted and distorted a little bit and i find him to be an interesting figure and character but I also think that there's a really big message in the story of Lucifer that gets lost on us a little bit. And I want to break it apart and talk about it. So let's do that. <clears throat> now the name Lucifer as translated actually means morning star, which is kind of beautiful in a way, isn't it? Like the morning star this fallen angel who has been cast out and shunned. Um, he's the morning star. And if you look to astrology, notably, it is significant to discern and to realize that the morning star is actually the planet Venus. Now let's correlate those things for a second. Lucifer, the fallen angel who has been cast out and is now considered damned, right? <clears throat> and the king of the damned and all the bad things. He is the morning star, which is Venus, the planet of love. So right there, there's a parallel that is missed. It's never really talked about. How this fallen angel, this bad guy, is the planet of love. Which means, you know, in order to have been, for it to have been such a big deal, for Lucifer to have fallen or to be cast out, which by the way, I won't even go too deep into this, but the Bible stories are all adaptations of mythology that came before monotheism. And in most pantheons, in most other polytheistic religions, there is a story like this, where there is like some head god, <laughs> god of the gods, who gets upset with someone, a lesser god, <clears throat> aka maybe perhaps an angel or an angelic being, another deity of some kind or another. And because of this beef between them, they are, he is cast out and shunned and sent somewhere whether it's the underworld like Hades or whether it's just to be banished to some mountain somewhere or whatever the case may be um so this story has some roots in some historical stories that preceded it but in order for there to be such beef between God and Lucifer right Let's spill the tea. There has to have been great love. 
because we don't get this angry at anyone unless we really once cared about them. Does this relate to anybody else? Because oh my MG, um, in my own life, which I wasn't going to talk about fully right now, but in my own life, this is a familiar situation that I am currently wrestling with. The propensity or the need to cast out a person or a situation who is causing you harm or pain or damage because you had such great love at one point. And that great love causes us to vilify and demonize the uh, this situation, person, whatever circumstance that is being cast out. <clears throat> But God had to, and I'm talking, please put quotation marks. Whenever you hear me say the word God, just like add quotation marks, transfer the word to the universe or spirit or source or whatever works for you, because I am using these terms for this podcast because we are entering into the realm of the story. And so in the realm of the story, we will just speak in the terms of the story, right? But in order for God to be so upset with Lucifer, God had to have really loved and liked Lucifer. And it reminds me of um, the story of Jesus and Judas, right? Because that sucked. (laughs) Judas over here, big old sellout, selling out Jesus to the Romans for some coins, right? And so... God had to have been like, WTF, like, you're super rude. (laughs) Get out of here. I don't want any of you around anymore. And cast him out. But he is the morning star. He is the great love for God. He was favored at one point. And I find that interesting. And I guess right now I'm having a moment with myself where I'm like, no wonder I've been thinking about this so much because it's so real the story of betrayal, right? It goes deep. It goes back way, way far. And it's something we can all relate to. And it's a great wound. Um, but if Lucifer is the morning star, that means that he has this love energy aligned with him. And Lucifer represents, so let's look at tarot, right? The devil card which I guess many people are still afraid of, it's not a bad card. You know, there aren't that many bad cards in tarot. And the ones that are bad are hiding in seemingly normal locations. The Ten of Swords to me is probably the worst card in the tarot because it represents betrayal. It represents harm intentional harm but the devil card doesn't mean that the devil card says look to the places where you seek indulgencies look to the places where you are pursuing the human nature of passion indulgence fun excess the devil card kind of represents those quote seven sins which I have a lot, a whole bunch of problems with, but <clears throat> it says, where are you making choices? And sometimes the devil card in a reading is encouraging you to make choices. 
Sometimes it's saying, hey, have you considered having some fun in your life? (laughs) Have you considered a night out or a moment where you can kind of just let loose? Have you considered where you restrict yourself from allowing yourself to have these things that feel indulgent, but actually might just be you being you a little bit? Now, as with all all things, temperance is a part of it. Like we don't want to go so far on one side that we lose sight of the other side. And isn't that the great balancing act of being alive? But in general, Lucifer is representing the choice. It's representing the moment where you choose the self. And I guess this is highly offensive to the divine forces that be, right? Now, I want to break that apart for a second because I think it's very profound. My thought on this is that in the act of being cast out, see, I think that's what hell is supposed to be. Look to Adam and Eve, okay? God goes, I'm going to make these people... I'm going to make them like me. (laughs) Well, I'm going to make this man. (laughs) And then he's like, from the man, I'll make the woman, which is all just ridiculous. And over, let's not overlook the fact that first we had Lilith, who was like, F this, I'm out. Heroine that she is to all of us. (laughs) Complete goddess. Cast her damn self out of that garden. She was like, absolutely not. See you later. (laughs) Um, But God goes, I'm going to make these people. I'm going to make them like me. And in making them like God, what happened was that they were like, oh, we are aware of how amazing and magical and incredible everything is. And we're in this special pretty garden. And in this special pretty garden, literally everything exists. And we want for nothing. And we don't feel anything bad. It's all just this potential magical energy of amazements and wonders. But if we're living in a garden of everything, that means that one of those everythings has to be the option to have separation from the everything. Does this make sense? I'm going to try to explain it differently. If I am in a realm that is literally the potential energy of everything that could ever exist, then one of those options has to be not being in that realm because this realm has everything. So one of the options is not being there, removal from it, right? So for me, that's what that tree represents, right? That's what that apple represents. And the snake that guards it, snakes we know, and my gosh, I love snakes. Snakes we know represent transformation and ascension in many ways. And so this cool ass snake is in this tree because he's drawn to the energy of transformation. And if we're living in a realm that has everything, 
the capacity for transformation isn't really possible, is it? And I want to tell you what I mean by that. If everything is around us, literally everything, we can't really change because there's no duality in that. There is just all of it. It is all this potential magical energy for all the things. But in order for transformation to happen, there really has to be some element of contrast. In order for me to grow or to change, I have to be able to go from one thing to another thing. And that requires contrast or movement or friction of some kind. I have to be used to one thing and turn into another thing. That's what the snake does when he sheds his skin. But if I'm in this paradise land, there is no transformation. And so energetically speaking, law of attraction speaking, um, alignment speaking, of course this snake's going to slither around on this one spot that represents the separation from. Because the snake's energy is that of transforming and ascending. But what is there to ascend into if it is all here already? Okay. And so... When we encounter this tree in the vast expanse of magical all the things, and by the way, time likely doesn't exist in this mythical garden because there is no time, because there is no tangibility to it, because all of it exists, which means none of it actually exists. It's conceptual. And so... They've been there a minute, living perfectly. And there's this tree with this fruit that's kind of like, yeah, but like, here's an experience that's super different. (laughs) And this snake is just like drawn to it because snakes are drawn to transformative things spiritually. And so... When we eat from this fruit, we do this thing where we suddenly have awareness of separation. And this separation wasn't existent before because it couldn't be because we were in the realm of everything. So we weren't separate. We were of it. But once we eat this fruit or have this occurrence... Suddenly, we're gifted this experience of individuality. Now, in a realm of everything, there is no individuality, really, right? Because we are one. And interestingly, you know, if you've been studying religion or theology or philosophy or spirituality for any amount of time, you've likely come across the concept called oneness theory that or collective unconsciousness or whatever you want to call it, that we are all one. See, many of us here in this reality know this. We know we're all one. We know that really we are simply merely a little tiny piece of a larger whole of which we belong. We're like puzzle pieces. But in order for the puzzle piece to ever really 
rejoin the puzzle. It has to know that it is just a piece of the puzzle first. And so taking in this fruit, taking in this knowledge of separation immediately results in being cast out of the garden. Now, see, I don't see this as punishment. Although like human me on a bad day would rant about it for a minute. But theoretically, I see this as like, yeah, that's an experience you wanted to find out about because you had all the things, but this is a different thing. And when you make this choice, the nature of the choice creates the dynamic in which you are now, quote, cast out. But I want to dissect what that means. Because see, the language there is gross. <clears throat> it sounds like a punishment. It sounds like a setup. Sounds like God went, I'm going to give you everything. I don't want to tempt you with this one bad tree. <laughs> Eat this fruit and you're fucked, right? But I don't think that's the premise. I think that it's much more like, here's a realm of absolutely everything. It has no time. It has no change. It has all the things because it's everything. But because it's everything, there's also this spot that creates distance from everything, that creates friction and time and separation because there has to be that option. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be everything. So when we indulge in that, <clears throat> we are removed from that realm because that is the nature of indulging in that option. It has to create removal. Okay? And so indulging in this knowledge, this opportunity to see yourself as separate than the oneness of that infinite realm, it does have an effect that is such as casting out or being removed from, quote, God. But this doesn't have any moral component to it, doesn't have a moral capacity to it. It's not a punishment is what I'm saying. It's just merely a decision. It's neutral. All of this is so neutral. So when we choose to eat the fruit and we choose to have the knowledge and we choose to indulge in that experience, we find ourselves, quote, removed from that realm of oneness for a period of time. We are cast out, and that is what happened to Adam and Eve, and that is what happened to our good friend Lucifer. So to recap, we have Lucifer, who was once favored by God, sitting next to God on his throne, seems very Mount Olympian-like. Um, we have Adam and Eve in this realm of infinite possibilities. Both end up in being cast out. Adam and Eve, because they choose to eat from this tree of knowledge. And as we've talked through, the knowledge inevitably creates separation from God because that is the one experience that it is representing. Um, now, with the story of Lucifer... <clears throat> He's like God's bestie, right? He's like his like trusted right hand. Um, and in the stories, it goes that Lucifer 
wanted to like usurp God, like to become God. Like he wanted to um, push God out. Um, He so wanted to just kind of take on that role. I, I think that this could be a commentary on a couple things. Um, on the one hand, it's clearly a story of jealousy, um, creating a lot of problems within us, but I'm not going to focus on that right in this moment. I think that to a degree, this story of Lucifer, because a lot of the, the, the Bible is saying to us like, oh, he has the, he has pride as a part of himself and he thinks that he could be better or he wants to be just as important or or whatever it is. But my question there is like, but where did the pride come from? How does an angel have access to these sins, right? Like how does an angel acquire pride? How does an angel acquire violence and vengeance and all of these things? And my only answer is the, the knowledge component because presumably to be on this angelic team one has to really be aligned with the energy that God is out here trying to create and so somewhere along the way either something went wrong or Lucifer got a taste of an understanding of that free will component that Adam and Eve sort of experienced. And so there had to be an element of separateness from the jump here. But I am talking about the whole thing as a metaphor. And I'm saying that When we are cast out from, quote, heaven, we are merely being made aware of our own individuality, which cannot exist when we're living in a realm of the collective all that is, right? Our individuality does not exist when we are part of the oneness so fully and completely that we just don't even understand the concept of individuality, And so the only way in which we can ever experience anything other than that oneness is to go ahead and put on a human suit, right? And pretend that we are other than the oneness. And so that to me sounds like incarnation into this realm. It sounds to me like Adam and Eve got cast out and then they were made aware of themselves, And in being made aware of themselves, they got to have this whole experience of the self as an individual. And those individuals had certain collections of qualities and they didn't have other collections of qualities, just like every single person that you know. Like your mom might be great at, I don't know, fixing the car but she might not be so good at reading and paying attention to what a book is saying to her. These are qualities that your mom might have. But we can only have some qualities and not have others if we are not in that moment immersed in the collective all that is, which is all the qualities. And so Lucifer's request to 
become a god or become just like God. See, to me, that speaks to our own journey of humanity. And I don't know what or where it happened, but something had to happen up in that little heavenly space with God and all the angels, like having board meetings and like being generally woke, um, where somewhere Lucifer had to have drank some of the Alice in Wonderland potion to have some separation and some self-awareness. And this part's not really outlined or clarified for us, but I can't make sense of the fact that an angel would suddenly be full of all these things unless somehow that was offered as an option. Regardless, the second that self-awareness as me being other than you took place, Lucifer gets cast out, fallen, Adam and Eve are cast out, they're fallen, but he is the morning star, which means he is still loved. And I think that's important to notate when we're trying to understand these words that Christianity carries around, like sin and whatever, I think it's important to understand that we can be, quote, cast out, or we can be separate then and still be the morning star. Now, this is where my story personally deviates from from the, the allegory that we are talking about right now, because the people who I have cast out, they do not have access to my love, and they do not any longer really receive it from me. So I don't want them, if they are listening, to hear this and contort it in any kind of way. Just making that abundantly clear. So Lucifer's journey, I think, is about going from that morning star to where's the other star that is notable in the biblical stories. Well, it's that star of Bethlehem, right? That shining star that illuminates the night sky and it guides us to our salvation, our creator, our the embodiment of God here on earth, which I find to be so interesting because here's God getting casting everybody out because they choose to go be embodied and then he himself goes down and embodies himself so it can't really be that bad I guess we all evolve right but the other star the notable star is that more is that north star that Bethlehem star right guiding us to our our salvation, the God, the universe, spirit, source. And what if the whole thing's like a metaphor? What if we are here incarnated in our bodies because we are all Lucifer? We are all Adam and Eve, right? We are all um, cast out from the oneness But what if Lucifer's, like, dreams of becoming God himself aren't so far-fetched? What if that's the journey we're all on? What if that path back to that star of Bethlehem is our journey of ascension to ourselves, is realizing that 
we are each our own God. We are each our own universe. We each, quote, contain multitudes, as Rumi has said. I think that it's all a commentary on what the actual F is going on here and why we exist here, which is, you know, my driving question constantly. I think that this is a story that is explaining something rather profound to us. And we've like messed it up a lot along the way by being hecka judgy towards everyone. Everyone's super judgy of Lucifer. Everyone's super judgy of Eve. Everyone's super judgy of the snake. Notably, no one's judgy of Adam because he's a heterosis white male. <clears throat> which I find irritating because probably it's all, all his fault, <laughs> whatever. Um, and I'm kidding. <clears throat> but we, everyone's kind of judgy. Everybody's like haughty and high and mighty. Oh, you've sinned. <clears throat> you've done something bad. So you are in trouble. Don't be like that. And yet I think we're all actually like that. I think we've all done the same thing but I don't think it's a bad thing I think we've all signed up to experience what it might feel like to be somewhere that has things because we can't have things in a realm that is made of everything we can't experience much if we're swimming in a sea of all of it. Because it is all the potential energy for all the things. And it is not actually realized or activated because it's all the energy form. So in order for us to experience any of it, we must pretend to be separate. To go into a body. To go into a tangible world that can hold some of those things. To give us that opportunity to have that experience. And in so doing, we've been cast out. But it's not in a bad way. Can you see that it's neutral? <clears throat> but it feels really hard to be here. It feels really hard to feel separate. It feels really weird to feel like an individual when our true essential nature is to be of the collective. It feels really lonely and isolating. And when we feel those kinds of feelings, they can only exist through the guise of separation from the oneness. And so we feel like we've done something wrong. But those things aren't actually correlated. The fact that I can feel these feelings is the purpose of being here. And yet the fact that I can feel these feelings makes me scared that I've done something wrong. And I lose sight of the fact that it's all just fine. Because this time does end. Because there is time here. There has to be. <clears throat> and when I return, I am just welcomed back because it is where I am. From. It is what I naturally am. I'm playing a game. I'm separating for funsies. I'm having an experience. I've been cast out, but I've cast myself out on purpose to go do this thing. I'm not being judged or criticized. I'm not being punished. I'm having an experience. I'm going to Six Flags for the day. <laughs> 
And in my journey here, I learned to ascend. I learned to find the great star in the sky. But I am, I begin as the morning star. I begin as love. And I make my way to my own salvation. And I make my way to my own realization that I am the Savior and the God and the magic. And so is everybody else. Because I am part of that one collective spiritual energy. And so are you. But it's like when you come in here, you immediately forget that because that is the nature of being here. But then you slowly remember it over time as you look around and you see clues of all the things. And there are stories hidden here that tell us the truth about who we are. But because we're kind of made of chaos to some degree, we've misunderstood some of those stories and we judge. And the judgment is kind of intense. And I think that's where the Christians are so, like, way on the wrong path. But I'm not going to go there right now. It's all based in judgment. But all of this is a gift. The ability to be here, to have the experience of being here, it is a gift. And so we've been given the opportunity to experience separation. And I think that's why Lucifer is like king of hell. But I want to say something about that because I don't think that there is a hell to go to. I think this is the hell. And I'm not saying that in some apathetic, like, depressed, like, former emo kid kind of way. Although all of that is very accurate about me. I'm saying it though, like, if your natural state is be is to be collectively attached to the universal field of unconditional love, if that is where you naturally belong, because it has to be, let me just pause for a second, that realm has to be made of unconditional love, because it is the realm of creation And love is a force that creates more of itself when it is used. Creative energy is love energy. Even if you're creating something out of anger, anger is just the other side of love, okay? Creative energy is love energy. I always say this, you can't give a hug without receiving a hug. And because of that fact, we know that love creates more of itself when it's used. So an infinite realm of creativity and of kinetic possibility is made of love. So if my natural state is to be in this infinite realm of love, and I decide to play a game for the day that takes me out of that infinite state of love, well, now I have like gone somewhere without my mommy, right? Like I'm little... I left my mommy. I don't know where she is. Now I'm in a panic. That's why I think this is hell. And I don't mean that in some scary way. Just slow your roll for a second if you're panicking. But 
separation from that infinite realm of love feels really, really scary and bad and hard and punishing and stressful. And we have like automatic amnesia because we can't remember that realm if we want to actually experience doing something else. So that's part of the deal. And so we're here and we forget and we're like, oh my effing God, what am I doing here? This is hard and scary. Bad things are happening. Oh my God. And separation from that energy of, quote, God feels like hell because we are removed from all that is. We are perceivingly like we are supposedly, apparently, it seems like we are removed from that realm. And that is what hell feels like. You know, if I'm mad at my dog, (laughs) the worst thing I can do to her when I'm mad at her for like eating my shoe or something, I turn my back to her and I tell her I'm not talking to her right now. She hates this more than anything I could ever do. Subsequently, I haven't had to do it very many times. But also when I was breastfeeding my babies, the way you teach your baby not to bite you while you're breastfeeding is that you take the baby off. When they bite, you put them down and you turn around. Guaranteed, you only have to do this twice. They hate that. Because it's it's separation from unconditional love. It's the worst feeling. It's the worst feeling. What else would describe hell then? Then being incarnated here and perceiving ourselves to be separate. And so Lucifer wants to be king of hell and he shows up here. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it's all a metaphor. It's all a metaphor. But it's warped and distorted because people have applied, like, morality and, like, weirdness to it that I don't think really is appropriate. I don't know that it's fair to judge Adam and Eve for choosing to try something different. I don't think it's fair to necessarily judge Lucifer for being like, hey, God, how'd you get like that? I want to try to figure that out and do that too. You know, it is possible that he simply asked that question and God said, oh, you want to find out? Go ahead and go to this place and do yourself work. (laughs) I don't know what transpired on that day between God and Lucifer. But I do know that I think it's all a metaphor and I think it's all a story and a commentary on what we're doing here. And I find it very interesting because the devil card is about making choices that are about pleasure and experiences. The devil card is about really living. And sometimes it can get to extreme. But isn't that what free will is? Like really living? Like making choices? We can't have the power of choice and discernment if we are saturated in everything. And we are just part of the oneness. We must be separate from it in order to understand it. And I believe that's what we're doing here. And so I don't know if Lucifer actually betrayed God. And I don't think I care. But I think that it's an interesting premise to consider as we start to break the assumptions we carry about 
certain stories we've been told or certain concepts that have been ingrained in us about spirituality for a while, I think it's interesting to look through it. Because with all things, I like to take it apart and understand the premise. And I don't just accept, oh, he's like the devil, he's bad. That doesn't make sense to me because he started out favored. His name means morning star. His name means love. Truly. So that means there's some extra layers that we don't know about. And these are just my thoughts right now as I start this new season with you all where I'm contemplating the nature of existence (laughs) and the nature of boundaries and betrayal and all those fun topics. Um, As I contemplate the mythology that we have infused in our worlds that we don't really recognize or realize. So those are my thoughts for today, and I thank you for listening to me. Coming up this season, I have a whole bunch of fun topics. We're going to talk about intuition. We're going to talk about time. We're going to break down spells and spell work. I am going to make an episode for you to share with your friends and family that introduces the idea of witchcraft on your behalf so you have kind of a coming out thing to send people if that's helpful to you. We're going to talk about soul families. We're going to talk about past lives. We're going to talk about how to have sacredness be a part of our every single day, how to give offerings, how to work with deities. We're going to talk about what energy vampires are. We're going to talk about spiritual bypassing, mediumship, protection work. We're going to talk about all the things, and I'm super excited for it. So thank you for listening. Go find me somewhere. Um, Oh, and last thing, yo, Instagram is making me mad. Um, I have like 10,000, I mean, I'm being hyperbolic, but there are so many um, scammer accounts replicating my Instagram account. If you know how I can fast track getting the blue check so that I can stop this from happening, please somehow communicate with me and let me know. Um, the best thing you can do is email me at headwitch at moonstonewitchery.com um, because the scammers are everywhere. I will never send anyone a DM offering a reading. Please, please help me by blocking and reporting any accounts that start following you that seem like they might be me, but they're probably not, or that are messaging you. These people are stealing money from people, and they're threatening them with hex work and all kinds of things, and it's really upsetting. So please help me to put a stop to it. They're also on TikTok. Um, I would appreciate any help or support I could get. Thank you with that. I hope you guys have a blessed and amazing rest of your day. And I will talk to you soon.